Welcome to Listening with Leaders. I'm Doug Noel, lawyer turned peacemaker. I teach executive leaders how to listen to emotions rather than words so that they can become the leaders everyone wants to follow. And I teach those same leaders how to be authentically present, available, and connected to their families, despite being insanely busy. I have learned that we are 98% emotional and only 2% rational. Learning how to listen to emotions is, in my experience, the foundational skill of life. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be on our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. So let's get started. Kara Brooks, you are the CEO of Wholesale Sugar Flowers, found at wholesalesugarflowers.com. Welcome to Listing with Leaders. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. First of all, we got to talk about the business. Uh, you, you've had this business, you bought this business, what, four and a half, five years ago? Yes, exactly. And very briefly, I went to the website and was kind of blown away. Tell, tell everybody what Jose, um, Jose Sugar Flowers is all about. Very interesting business. Sure, sure. So if you've never heard of a sugar flower, um, it's actually made of gum paste and it's a cake decoration. And we sell uh, cake decorations to everybody from an at-home baker all the way up to major hotels and resorts around the world. And we have not only sugar flowers, but hundreds of other products that are specifically designed for pastry and bakery um, elements. So everything that they make tastes great, we make look great. So if I see like a wedding cake and I see all the little flowers and decorations on it, that's the kind of you you guys provide the all the all that stuff. The baker bakes the cake and frosts it and then all the pretty stuff that comes from your company. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we have almost a thousand different varieties. Wow. So we pretty much have what you are looking for or what you need. Um and yeah, and we're we're very proud of that. We've been around for we're celebrating 20 years this year. So so Backstory. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this business. Sure, um, it's it's kind of a winding road, but I, <laughs> of course, uh, I was in corporate for about sixteen years um, and found myself in a place where I really wanted to give more. I, I knew I had more to give, but I wasn't in a position to be able to do that. So I thought maybe it is time to to look elsewhere, and I. I left, I resigned and it was really a difficult decision, but it was, it had proved out to be the best one in the end. Um, so I started a, a small services company right afterwards and realized that that wasn't, wasn't going to materialize in the way that I had hoped it would for the long term. So I, I said, okay, what's my next step? And um, I'll be honest, making that decision was pretty tough. But I spent a little bit of time thinking about what I wanted to do. Did I want to go back to corporate or do I want to try this again, maybe in a different context? And so I, I said, well, what if I purchase a company that's already, you know, that's already existing? I can for sure make an impact in that way. And so I started Googling businesses for sale in Georgia because that's where I live. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't very methodical, but <laughs> I started looking through all different businesses for sale. And boy, you can, you can find everything from a bread route to, you know, a laundromat to a liquor store, 
you know, X, Y, Z. There are so many options out there. And I kept passing by this one labeled e-commerce bakery. And I was thinking, I'm not a baker. I, I don't want to own a bakery, but I, um, I kept passing it. And, you know, the, the point where you get a little bit desperate and you start seeing all of these things come across and nothing's piquing your interest, uh, I thought had thought, maybe I better click on this and see what it's about. So I, I did, and I started asking questions and then I realized, gosh, this really isn't a bakery. This is a supply chain company. This is an e-commerce business that has nothing to do with making cake, but everything to do with supporting the baking industry. And that excited me. So that's that's how I, I found it. It's amazing to me uh, how many people that I get to talk to on these podcasts who, whose journey flipped. My, mine did too. I was a trial lawyer for 22 years and I gave a week's notice as a senior partner with a law firm and walked out to become a peacemaker. Wow. And it's so lovely to hear stories of similar journeys. And it was the best decision I ever made in my life. And, mm-hmm. and same thing with you. I mean, I'm looking at you and you seem pretty, pretty darn happy to be doing what you're doing. Oh, I am. This is this is the most fortunate um, kind of circumstance I could put myself in where I get to have full control over the company and where the direction goes. I get to impact female entrepreneurs, who most of them are my customers. Um, I get to help female entrepreneurs that are our suppliers and partners. And so, I mean, to to say that this is, um, you know, a fortunate circumstance is just an understatement for me. I really feel like this this is where I'm supposed to be. And that's, that's pretty powerful um, when you get to that spot. Now it took me a while to get there. <laughs> right. Nothing, nothing happens overnight. That's for no, sure. That's for sure. <laughs> what, so what gets you so excited about this business? The fact that we can help the industry do more with less resources, less cost, and when I say resources, I mean labor, which our our um, industry is kind of suffering right now because there is a, a labor shortage and this kind of a skill um, with with costs being that our product is, they're all handmade. So the baker doesn't have to spend time making that product on their own, spending their own time. Um, and this enables them to say yes to more cakes. Um, and also it helps them increase their profit, which will create a more sustainable business for them. So the the fact that this has all kinds of value, you know, coming from all different angles is really interesting to me. And it makes me think that there's so much more education that has to happen um, because it's not just, for me, it's not just about the product. There's there's a, a life that we can help people create for themselves and they don't have to uh, spin their wheels, if you will, for the long term. There's there's opportunity here. So, and 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 how do you how do you talk about that opportunity, especially to women who may want to become entrepreneurs themselves, like you? How do you talk about that? How do you help them make that decision? The people that I I interact with face to face at trade shows and and other shows that are. Um, you know, gathering the industry together are really where I feel 
the most excitement because I can have a personal conversation with with folks. Um, I'm I much prefer being in front of somebody versus sending an email or you know something else. I love to talk about how people can be empowered to create their own journey. So if I look at my home bakers, uh, the people that are doing it from like a cottage kitchen standpoint, they're making cakes for their family and friends. And all of a sudden the word spreads and they're making cakes for more and more people around the area in their local towns and communities. And it's very exciting for them, but oftentimes they're they're so overworked because it's only them. They are the business. And that is very common in the baking industry. So in order for that person to be able to maximize the amount of income that they can have and earn as part of their business, they need to find ways to not only just charge for a higher priced cake because there's only so high, so so much space in the price point that the market demands, um, but how else are you going to streamline your operation? And we can help streamline the operation. And that's the back end stuff that really, um, when we start to talk about those ways, that's when the wheels start turning, like, oh, this can help me immensely. And and quite honestly, there's a lot of opportunity for, for people to get more creative because we're giving them more options. Um, I like to call us the the virtual pantry that you never know you needed. You know, we can be your your kind of secret weapon, an extra set of hands in the kitchen. Wow. I, I'm I, I'm really curious. How do you make flowers? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very intricate process. So you know there's thousands of different flowers in, in the world, right? Um, there are some that are more common than others, but when you talk about the process to make a flower out of gum paste, it could take up to 30 minutes to an hour just to make one flower. And you you need to have um, specific molds. You need to have specific wiring. You have to let petals dry. You're making it at the petal level. So one petal here, one petal there. Um, once it gets assembled, after all those layers of, of drying, um, then it has to be potentially colored and, and decorated. So uh, yes, you can buy something in white and plain, but then there are also certain flowers that are very decorative, like uh, the bird of paradise, which is an incredible exotic flower that um, our artists all hand, hand paint, hand airbrush, and you have all these incredible colors come together and it just looks so lifelike. What, do you have, do you source these from, from artists or do you have employees who, who make these things? Both. Um, we, we have an incredible network of artists um, all around the world. And we, um, we are so thankful that they have honed their craft so we can help share this with the rest of the world. So you bring in you have some manufacturing capacity yourself, but you also source from all over the world. And then as an e-commerce site, uh, you know, I guess stuff comes to a warehouse or a central shipping yes. point. Mm -hmm. Your background is in logistics, I think. Uh, yes. So how does that work? So I do have a supply chain background. Um, we do have a warehouse in 
in Georgia. So just north of Atlanta is where kind of the rubber meets the road. Um, everything comes together at that facility and then either they are packed and shipped right back out or we curate pre-designed kits for pre-designed cake looks um, so that we can offer somebody a one-stop solution uh, to, to decorating a cake. So, so somebody's got an idea of, of doing a German Bund cake or something. You have a kit that they can actually buy to, to decorate the cake. Precisely. Wow. Mm -hmm. or so, all the oh go ahead I, I was gonna say or you know in this tough economic time there's a lot of people that are resorting to doing their own wedding cakes ah. and so we can offer uh, a wedding cake design that any bride can pick up a regular grocery cake off the street um, and do it themselves so there's there's a lot of options that are that's really available how many employees do you have um, we have just, gosh, we're nearing 15 at, at the moment. Um, fairly small operation. Fairly small operation. You know, it's it's funny. I I kind of chuckle when people say, oh, you know, how many employees do you have? Because I feel like there's um, some kind of a gauge if you have a lot of employees that makes you a more interesting business. Uh -uh. Um, but I will say that <laughs> I will say that I'm very proud that we can have the kind of company that we have with, with a very focused team and leverage um, leverage outside help when we need it for when we need it. Um, if you're an e-commerce business, honestly, and you're working with a heavy, heavy load of, of employee resources, uh, that's, that's a sign to me that something's not, not yeah. quite right. The whole point of e-commerce is to be lean. Yes. And yes. So you're able, and I, I, I it, sound, it, it sounds like that you, you're able to maintain that leanness because you can outsource to other artists, as you said, around mm -hmm. the world. So you can expand and contract as necessary, mm -hmm. and and what and the that core team of fifteen stays in place, and then mm -hmm. you scale as you need to. That's right, and and we really focus on execution and customer service. So I'm I'm a fundamental logistics operator <laughs> through and through. Um, I swear I cut my teeth and I'll never lose that. So I'm very adamant that we are executioners. <laughs> we we can execute an order like no other. And I'll go toe to toe with any of the, the big guys um, because we put a focus on serving our customer. And the other piece around customer service is not only getting them their order when they want it, maybe even before they expect it, but also creating an environment where they feel that we're their partner. Uh, I really want them to not look at it as, not look as, at us as a, a storefront versus I prefer them to consider us a partner in the kitchen with them. Mm -hmm. So if you have an emergency, we have an emergency. Uh, <laughs> we don't want you to feel left out or alone, because again, a lot of these bakers are doing this all by themselves. So they don't have people to lean on. We want them to lean on us. So it, 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 the stuff that you, um, the, the flowers that you make and the other, the other things that you sell, are they, are they perishable? You have to worry about shipping time and that, you know, that sort of thing. The beauty of this and, and something I learned when I came into the industry is that 
sugar is a natural preservative, much like salt. And I always had heard about salt, but I never really quite knew about sugar. So we do have a two-year, sometimes even more, uh, uh, life shelf life for the products. Really? So as long as you're keeping it in, you know, a, a pantry that's room temperature, these will last for a very long time. So you you can um, most of the most of the last minute orders are because somebody changed their mind last minute or a baker got a last minute request to say, oh, somebody else fell through and now I'm being asked to do a cake. And that's when the, you know, the urgent shipments come through. But um, most of the time people plan ahead a little bit. Interesting. Huh. So what is it that you bring to the table? What's unique about what your skills? You've mentioned logistics. Is that sort of the source of it? Um, I think it started there. It started at understanding how how the back end of the business works. And I, I believe that when you're running a company, either, at least in my experience, what I've found is people are either operators or they're salespeople. And um, they're usually really good in one. And and uh, my, my bent is towards operations. Um, but I think I also bring to the table a sense of um, humility and collaboration and integrity that bleeds into how I lead, bleeds into how I have my partnerships with our suppliers, and also how we treat our customers. And I think that, you know, there's a different methodology that it's not grow at all costs. It's it's around growing methodically and in the right way. And I really do believe that if you treat your employees well, they will in turn treat your customers well, who will then purchase again from you, will advocate for you, and your business will grow. I'm I'm a fundamental believer in that. Is there much competition in this in this area? Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely big competitors out there. There's there's uh you know the the ones that have been around for you know hundred years. Huh. <laughs> so it's it's definitely not a quiet space, but uh, there's definitely a spot for us to kind of have our own little spot. I was going to say market differentiation through customer service is mm -hmm. a powerful, powerful differentiator. What mm -hmm. you heard about it. Mm -hmm. So th this is, this show is called listening with leaders. What's the, uh, what's the importance of listening in your business? There's a huge importance to listening and it specifically goes around what the customer wants and what we can offer them and also uh, what's trending. So if we are not on the pulse of what's actually happening out there and what people are, are moving towards, um, we could get left in the dust, <laughs> so to speak. Um, traditionally, cakes and weddings are kind of they move, they, they change over time. There's different themes. It's, it's related to fashion. It's related to what the Pantone color of the year is, um, what celebrity is doing, what, what kind of a wedding. So we have to keep our ear to the ground and make sure that we're paying attention to what's happening outside of our four walls. So we can make sure that we have the products that our customers didn't know they needed yet. 
<laughs> how do you how do you do that? That sounds like you're doing a lot of outside research and and study. What are the processes you you use for listening to the market, so to speak? Yeah. Um, so for us, it's a multi-phase approach, if you will, around making sure that we're understanding we're connected to the industry magazines, um, all the industry media and what's what's happening there. There's trade shows that are happening all the year, you know. Now that the pandemic's over, um, the trade shows are back in full effect. And so you get a lot of information from just attending those and, and networking with your mm-hmm. with your colleagues. Um, I, we do follow fashion. We do follow the all the um, baking outlets. Um, there are some fantastic Instagram and TikTok artists out there. Um, who are really trying to drive some some industry leading efforts, which is which is really exciting. Yeah, and and this is this is the fun part is that this is all about art, and that's one of the things that I love about this this job in this industry is that yes, I have a very like operational background, but there's so much creativity here that the the palette is just so wide and far reaching. So it's pretty exciting. Where do you, where do you see the business going in the next five years? We're going to continue to focus on being the, the stronghold in the market for sugar flowers, but we're also advancing into um, being more of a platform for other women entrepreneurs. And so uh, we have a lot of great women that we know and we work with that make beautiful, incredibly high quality product that don't necessarily have the same platform that we do or the the reach of customers. So we're looking to expand um, our partnerships to be able to help them grow. I know that you really, you, you, one of your great passions is helping female entrepreneurs get started. Mm-hmm. Where, where did all that come from? I think the early days were from my parents, specifically my mother. Uh, she very much instilled in us that we can do whatever we want. And um, why not you, essentially? Uh, keep working hard. Keep keep your nose to the grindstone, as, as the, old, the old saying goes. Um, but why not you? And I think when I realized that I had been part of that my whole life. And then I went to corporate and I was working with other women that were very, very skilled and they didn't necessarily think that about themselves. Um, it really surprised me and it, and it made me kind of sad to see that, um, that they didn't have the same encouragement growing up that I did. So it just set this stage for me, I think, because once I believed in them and they actually made the next step and the next step and the next step in whatever journey they were on. Um, that's, that's just the best gift ever. So that's, that's why I'm translating that from corporate into, into this company and, and hopefully having a much bigger reach than, than in the four walls of, of the business I used to work with. You have any great success stories you can share with us in that regard? Um, I, do have a wonderful, um, a wonderful person that I 
I worked with for many years and um, she, she had, had been pretty hard on herself. She's a very good, very hard worker, but she was very, very hard on herself. And, um, and she rose, she rose up the ladder over the years and she kept working hard. But um, in the end, she actually decided to go out and become an entrepreneur herself. So uh, that was, that was a really cool thing to see that she was, she was so sure of herself that she could do something all on her own. And, and she had a pretty tough, tough go for a long time. So I'm, I'm incredibly proud of, of what she did. And ultimately found, she found success. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. And hopefully happiness. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the whole point, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I work (laughs) happy. (laughs) Oh, totally. Totally. I know. That's the, that's the thing that uh, I think sometimes it gets lost and you know when you're you have your head down and you're just marching forward you forget to kind of pop up and look around and say wait a minute is this is this, is this what what I want is this how I intended it to be I I know and that's I mean that's exactly what drove me out of out of uh law practice is yeah. I was very successful as a trial lawyer and mm-hmm. I kind of woke up one day and said well why the heck am I doing this because I was out of alignment with my own values Mm-hmm. And I ended up going back to school and getting my master's degree in peacemaking and conflict studies and made the decision one day to, I just quit. I gave, I gave my firm one week's notice and walked out, mm-hmm. but 10 million bucks on the table. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll say the same. Like, I, I really do think that there's, there's an element of um, trusting in yourself yeah. and making the decision that your happiness and where you are is, is enough. Um, and that's just as important as making making another dollar. That 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 lesson, what you just said there, I think is ultimate wisdom, and more people need to hear it. It's not about the money. I I, I made plenty of money as a lawyer, but I don't make nearly as much money today. But I am infinitely happy. I've never been happier in my life. I will say the same thing. I will echo exactly what you what you just said. I I don't make nearly what I used to make, but I am so much happier. I'm a better parent. I'm a better spouse. I'm a better friend. Um, I'm healthier. And absolutely. And so uh, I think there's so much, so much good that comes out of that. And it's, it would be nice if, if the younger generations would kind of put their ear to the ground and maybe listen a little bit. Cause you know, I get, I get asked a lot about from young people about what they should do with their careers. And I, I always say, go to school, get educated. Don't worry about colleges being a trade school, just learn. And and the classes you take in college should be from the very best professors that are in your college or university. It doesn't matter. It really, and it doesn't matter what your major is, just do what it, learn. And it, and it doesn't hurt to have a graduate degree, something to fall back on. Uh, but then, but then follow your passion and don't worry about the money. And don't worry if your passion changes as you, as you grow and mature, things will, things will change. But just make sure whatever you're doing, you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that and, was given to me <laughs> 40 years ago. <laughs> well, and I think there is there is an element of nuance to that saying, right? Because you you can't necessarily maybe afford a, the life that you want doing X, Y, or Z. But yeah. correct if you're passionate about helping people, there are a million different avenues for you to be able to help people. Um, 
it's like, what element of your life are you passionate about? There's, there's different components that really bring you joy. And when I talk to people and, uh, you know, employees, et cetera, it's finding what is the, you know, what are the things, the key things that make you happy, that bring you joy? And then what kinds of careers or what kinds of jobs have those elements that you can focus on? Because not everything is wonderful all the time. Uh, and, and so I think sometimes when people hear, especially younger generations, hear that, that message around, just, just do what you love. The money will follow. There's, there's an old book that that's that title. Um, it, yes, it's true to, to a measured extent. I, I, you know, I think you're right. Um, because as I, as I think about your journey and my journey and how we both obviously very separate tracks, but uh, you were in corporate for 16 or 17 years. I was in law for 22 years. Maybe it took a couple of decades mm-hmm. of seasoning to get ready to really move into a life that we, that, we, that, that really became, you know, a mission. And a, and Absolutely. Absolutely. My, my 20 year old. Yeah. <laughs> my 20 year old self would not, would not have bought into anything that I was, <laughs> was yeah. shelling out. I, I have to, I have to agree. And I had a lot of, I had a lot of maturing to do too, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to do what I do today. So mm-hmm. that there was a seasoning process, I think that has to occur. Yes. But even saying that there, there are so many opportunities today for young people, especially young women that did mm-hmm. not exist when I came out of school in the seventies. Um, I mean, the opportunities are just astounding mm-hmm. for people if they just, you know, take the time to look around and think about it. Mm-hmm. And you have to make a living. I mean, if you're going to grow and mature, you're going to want to have a house and perhaps get married and have to raise a family and all that sort of stuff. And that all takes money. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some sacrifices that have to be made still. I think there's, I think there's, the path, it maybe it's not a two decade path. <laughs> maybe yeah, exactly. Maybe it's a little shorter. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully, that's the the better part is that somebody can learn and kind of shorten that shorten that period. Right. Exactly. So, are you finding as being an entrepreneur and a CEO of your own company that your work life balance is better now? Yes. Yes, it is. Because you don't have to, I mean, you, you set your own hours. I mean, you can work when you work. And I mean, obviously you have to work, you have to pay attention to your business, but it's, um, it's, it's a lot better. Uh, I would say it's a lot more flexible Yeah, and it's also allowed me to be more flexible with my team as well. So I understand now that, you know, a doctor's appointment is important to, to a mom that needs to take her kid right? Um, or, somebody has a funeral or something like that. I think that's the the exciting part for me is to be able to give somebody else that, that accommodation so that they can have a nice life too. Right. Um, yes, we're in business, but we're not solving, you know, we're not saving lives. Right. <laughs> but you're making people happy. Yes. Yes. You know, with the beautiful flowers. Um, that's great because, you know, I, 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 your sentiment about taking care of your employees, if you build trust and loyalty and safety on your mm-hmm. team, they will give back like you can't believe. Absolutely. That's all, they, all they want is it's not just a paycheck, it's relationship. Absolutely. 
Well, this has been a really amazing conversation, Kira. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I got one more question. Always. Yes. What's one thing about yourself that we would never know unless you revealed it to us? (laughs) Uh, All right. One thing I would probably say is I am not too bad at name that tune, whether it's the artist or the song. Really? Yeah. It's like a secret talent. So. Are you musical yourself? I'm not musical, but I love to listen to music. So again, back to your, your whole concept around listening. I I love to listen. I'm a, I'm a jazz violinist myself. Oh, nice. Very nice. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to speak with us. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate it. Doug Knoll here. Thank you so much for listening to Listening with Leaders. If you are a successful executive leader who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.dougnoll.com slash podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on the social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag listening with leaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to my website, dougnoll.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. That's at Douglas E. Noel. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next show.